Ninja Terminator. Let me tell you, Will, uh, ever since I saw Speechless, the hit 1994 film with Michael Keaton and Gina Davis, I have not been able to get it off my mind. Is that so? Have you also been having sleepless nights over this? Witness a bloody struggle over the search for the unlimited force of the Golden Ninja Warrior. Luke, you were telling me you watched Snowpiercer recently. Oh, yeah. Uh, when you told me that you watched it, I put it on in the background this morning uh, just to kind of reacquaint myself with it as I was doing some chores. And you know what? Had a very good time watching it. It is is so much fun. Uh, I mean, I think it's the third Bon Joon-ho movie I've seen. Uh, I watched Memories of Murder, which I know we talked about a while back, uh, which honestly might be even better than Parasite. It's fantastic. But uh, yeah, last week, my girlfriend and I watched Snowpiercer, which just somehow I hadn't gotten around to. And I just think it's incredible. I mean, it, it's one of those movies that works as, you know, a kind of action sci-fi movie. Like it's just a perfectly executed kind of genre film. But then because it's a Bon Joon-ho movie, it's able to make the medicine go down with a spoonful of sugar. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's such an obvious statement, like, you know, just like Parasite is and, and Memories of Murder as well on, on kind of class and inequality and, you know, the myths that sustain those things. I really liked how the Wilfred character, you know, who's supposedly running the whole thing, the sort of Jeff Bezos who's designed the train and, you know, the train has this whole kind of founding mythology. The train's kind of like Metropolis on rails, like car by car is sorted into a different social class. The lowest class is in is in the caboose, basically, and then it goes all the way to the Bezos figure who's... Yeah, I mean, there's a sort of underclass, you know, there's like first, second, and third class, and those are sort of like the credentialed members of the train. The train is set out because because there's some kind of global winter that's happened because, you know, people tried to stop climate change with technology or something and then they ended up just freezing the planet. So it's like this train that's a thousand cars long or something, but some of the people who boarded it didn't have credentials, they didn't have tickets, and so they just have to exist in the back as an underclass where they're fed this disgusting food that turns out to be made out of bugs. And then the further you go up the train, the more and more people are just living as if, you know, it's not the apocalypse. Like luxury just increases the further and further you go, and there are fewer and fewer people in each car to enjoy it. I thought the Tilda Swinton character who's sort of the, uh, she's sort of the middleman. She's the voice of the train and she communicates Mr. Wilfred's wishes. I thought her character was incredible. I read somewhere that uh, Swinton based the character on a mix of Margaret Thatcher, Colonel Gaddafi, Adolf Hitler, and Silvio Berlusconi. Ninja Dragon! Where a moment's weakness costs lives and nobody is forgiven. Finally, we wanted to give you a bit of Canadian content. That is our competitive advantage on this podcast. We have our finger on the pulse of Canada, and uh, there is no story of greater consequence right now than the 2022 Conservative Party of Canada leadership election. <laughs> All the stars are out to shine. Just recently, we saw a coup d'etat in the party where leader Aaron O'Toole was taken out by force, and now he will be replaced by uh, somebody else in a suit. <laughs> right now, we have five major candidates, and I would like to quiz Luke on each of them. I would like to do a bit of a verbal Rorschach, get his perspective, find out their pros, their cons, and find out eventually which one he will be voting for. I, I want to just say off the top here, for context, this is a leadership race so far that I think has elicited the bare minimum of interest, even from the kinds of people that care about this stuff typically. Like the Conservative Party of Canada is so boring and its leadership race is so boring. And I mean, obviously overshadowed by other things that I really don't think 
anybody has been able to kind of muster any passion uh, for any of this. And I think it's also reflected in the field at this point, which is about as paint by the numbers a field for a conservative leadership race as you could possibly have. Well, we had a a big gun enter the race today, but I'll get to him in a minute. First, Roman Baber. Who is this man? What do you think of him? All right. So this guy is a member of parliament in Ontario. He sits in as as an independent. He was elected in 2018 as a progressive conservative. And, you know, there was bound to be a candidacy like this. This is a guy that was expelled from caucus over anti-lockdown, anti-mask stuff, something like that. You know, he was a he was a skeptic of the government's COVID policy and he was booted from caucus. So, you know, guys like this, if, you know, the kind of pattern holds from previous conservative leadership races, you know, this guy, uh, you know, unless he's got something very special about him that we don't know yet, you know, he's not going to do very well, but he's going to still sign up like 10,000 people or something like that. 